This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with top producer and up and comer Heather Ditlipson. Before we get to Heather, just a couple of quick reminders. First, please tell a friend about our show. Think of one other real estate agent that you know that needs a boost or wants to hear success stories from top agents like Heather, send them a link to our website. Or if they're a podcast person, just have them pull up a podcast uh, app and search for Keeping It Real and hit the subscribe button. But if they're not a podcast person, send them over to keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode we've ever done is there and you can stream it right from a browser. So for those non-tech savvy people, we made it really super easy. And also, we ask you to do one other thing, which is leave us a review. Tell us what you think about the show, whether you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, wherever podcasts are served. Let us know what you think about it. I mean, unless you're going to give us a one-star review, then you know, then you can ignore my, my request. But seriously, whatever you think of the show, please do let us know. It helps us continue to improve and also helps with our visibility with other possible listeners. So thank you on behalf of everyone at the Keeping It Real podcast team. We have some really exciting announcements coming up very shortly. But for now, let's get to the main event, my interview with Heather Ditlipson. Okay, today on the show, we have Heather Ditlipson with Lipton Luxury Living, which is with Compass here in Chicago. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about Heather. Now, Heather grew up as an only child in the western suburbs here in Chicago and moved to the city uh, for college. She went to Loyola University, where she was studying pre-med. By the way, I had the same initial path, different college, <laughs> uh, but obviously did not, did not, um, I did not end up becoming a doctor, um, and neither did you. Uh, but after after school, yeah, she uh, she nannied. I guess um, right before I got to um, uh, organic chemistry, I was like, I got to get out. This is uh, this is. Yeah, I was. 
yeah, I was my senior year and I was like, nope, not for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I didn't have the chops for it. I'm sure you you probably did, but I just didn't. Uh, but anyway, after that, uh, Heather nannied for several years here in the city before finally taking real estate classes two years ago. Um, she's a very outgoing, outspoken person and has always had an obsession with real estate. So she figured why not just go for it? Um, she knew she had the personality to succeed. She lives in Old Irving Park and loves it. Uh, she spends her free time binging new shows, checking out new restaurants with friends, and hanging with her best friend's baby, who is also <laughs> the cutest thing since sliced bread. We should, we should, what is the baby's name, by the way? His name is Joey, and I'm with him constantly, and everyone in my life knows about Joey, and I'm basically a second mom, so... <laughs> Joey is a, is, is a great, that's a great baby's name. I love that. Name. And she's pregnant uh, with another baby. So we're going to be auntie times two. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, um, since Heather's already been talking, we, we, uh, we welcome you, Heather. Welcome to the show. We appreciate Thank your time. You. In true, true passion, me to already be interrupting and chatting. So <laughs> here we go. So just yeah, just to give everyone a little heads up about what we're eventually going to get to um, is we have some show notes. We do our research before we bring on guests and Zana, who's the behind the scenes, like she does 95% of this podcast, really. Um, she always does research and she gives me some talking points. And she said, Heather did $10 million in her first year of production, which if that was the truth, it would be absolutely insane. Um, turns out it isn't the truth because she actually did 13 and a half million in her first year, which is beyond sort of comprehension. <laughs> um, so we definitely want to figure out how you got there, but let's go all the way back to the beginning. And, you know, I know we mentioned a little bit about, you know, why the switch from, you know, pre-med into, uh, you know, to nannying to real estate, but um, yep. what was it about real estate that really caught your attention? Yeah, I've been all over, right? Um, yeah, it's funny. I always thought I wanted to go to med school from, you know, early high school on and just never ended up working out that way. So yeah, I got a job nannying and you know, I, like I said, I've, I've had this passion for real estate since I was probably 14 years old. I remember, you know, being a weirdo only child looking on realtor.com at like houses in my parents' neighborhood trying to connect. That is weird. To it is weird. <laughs> I was like 10, year, 10 to 14 years old. I'd be like, you know, home on a Friday night looking at homes. Like, you know, what, what am I doing? But I yeah. promise I had friends. But yeah, so I, you know, always had this weird obsession with it. And you know, I was actually at a friend's, actually my friend who has the baby. I was at her uh, lake house a couple summers ago. And we were drinking beers by the fire and it was, you know, midnight and we were just talking. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to sign up for classes. So at, you know, midnight and sitting by a fire, I, that's how my career started essentially. And I actually ended up signing up for the wrong course because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and I had to call them Monday morning and switch. And, you know, that's how I did it. And I, um, I did an expedited six week course. I did it for six Saturdays in a row and it was, you know, like eight hours a day. And, knocked it out of the park. And uh, I ended up reaching out to a bunch of top producers that I had already kind of been following and knew the names of um, Josh Lipton, whose team I work on now being one yeah. of them. So I reached out to him on Instagram because I, I didn't have his number or email, you know, so I did a little stalking and I basically asked if he wanted to meet for coffee. And he asked if I had passed, you know, the state test. And I said, no, I'm taking it next weekend. And he basically told me, well, reach out once you're passed. And I said, okay, fair, you know? So I took it the next weekend and passed the first try. And so I texted him, I think 20 minutes after I got my test results back with a picture <laughs> of it and said, let me know when you want to meet. And we did, we met the next weekend. Uh, we talked for about three hours and he had just, you know, he had been doing a lot of business and never had anyone. And 
it was just the stars aligned. I truly believe timing is everything. So he asked if I want to join him. So yeah, I gave the family I was working for some notice and started with him. Actually, tomorrow will mark two years exactly. I started with him February 1st of 2020. So wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It, it really funny too for the audience. We actually have interviewed Josh on our show. So so this is just completely a coincidence because yeah. Heather has, has made quite a name for herself uh since she started as being uh this amazing sort of up and comer or already arrived, I guess at this point, here in the Chicagoland area. And there, there's 45 or 46,000 realtors. So it's not like it would be, oh, we live in this small rural community. Everyone knows everyone and everyone knows Heather. Everyone, a lot of people do know Heather because she's, she's made a lot of uh, strides and also Josh as well, who's kind of a legend uh, here in Chicago as well. But there's thousands of, of other realtors here in the area. And it just so happens that when I would jump on with Heather, I had I guess maybe I had known that you were with Josh Lipton, but I had forgotten. And so she yeah. was telling me about it and I go, oh my gosh. And the, even the way I met Josh, we were talking about was just, I, I'm sure we can go back. We've actually interviewed him. We'll put a link to his episode because it was quite a good one because his whole thing at the time was, um, he was like, you know, I listened to your show. I think, I think this, if I remember correctly, he said, and you have all these guys who come on or, or the, but they have teams. And he's like, I yeah. really do it all myself. And I would love to yeah. tell people how I do all of the production. And he was so uh, great. And, and we loved having him on and he's such a nice guy. Um, and so I'm glad that you're with him. And so yeah. if you haven't gone back, everyone who might be new to listening to the show, this is like three years ago, probably oh, we yeah. interviewed Josh. So I'll make sure we put a link in the notes for Josh's episode. Cause it was quite interesting because it is true that a lot yeah. of the top producers we have on have teams and there's nothing wrong with that. Teams are great, but it's always cool when somebody can do it all by themselves. And now of course he's working with you, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, I'm sure he's sure. grown, he's grown to need a team where he's probably, he got to that level and probably said, I can't really do more without a team, but boy, did he get to that level? Um, and just, uh, just a great guy. Yeah. So, I um, think, you know, yeah, you have to join somebody great who has good intentions and can help bring you to that level. I mean, I owe, you know, almost everything, you know, to him, obviously I do my own hard work, but you know, you have to have somebody that's in support of you and helps bring you up. Otherwise, you know, you're just another fish in the sea. So <laughs> and it, it's so unusual that somebody has as much success as, as you've had so early on without a mentor or a um, a, a, a team member who can just help you, you know, build your business, yeah. which I'm sure, again, I'm sure you do almost all of it yourself anyway, but having that kind of mentorship is so important. And it's really, um, almost a universal experience for top producers. It's very rare when I interview somebody who says, you know, I just kind of did it all on my own without really a whole lot of help from anyone. And I, I don't have a team or I don't have a mentor. Uh, it's really uncommon. So I'm, I want to use yeah. this as it, and I want to also mention how you reached out to him, which by the yeah. way, you would, you <laughs> would think these top producers get a ton of these types of emails. They really don't. Um, Carrie McCormick, who comes on our show every month. Um, she's a top producer here and in Chicago. And as everyone who might be listening already knows her, she, she, she'll mess. She, we talk before we go on um, every month and she'll say, Oh, I, I got, you know, 10 or 20 different responses from people on your show. But outside of that, she goes, you'd be surprised. Very few people ever reach out. And you had actually reached out to her as well um, yes. prior. So, yes. um, I, I think there's a tremendous lesson there in reaching out to people who are doing well and saying, Hey, can we talk? Um, I either, I just want to get some advice or maybe there's an opportunity we can work together. So, uh, I just Absolutely. was curious, how many people did you end up reaching out to just to sort of talk to them before? Um, was it just those two or were there a lot of no. other people? Yeah, I reached out to about 
five or six agents. Carrie McCormick's one of them. Hi, Carrie, if you're listening. But she, I ran into her at an event that actually Josh brought me to my first week. There was like this fancy dinner. It was like a top agents panel. And he goes, yeah. I'm going to bring you with. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I belong here. Like nobody knows who I am. And he's like, no, you're coming. And Carrie was there. And that was our first time meeting face to face. Cause we had only talked via like text and the phone and and, uh, I, you know, maybe now she wishes I was with her. Just kidding. Um, but yes, she, well, she, she does it. She does everything herself too. Yeah, she doesn't no, even, sure. she, I'm just, so, yeah. but, but, but it is, it, it, it is, it is interesting that some people just function better as individuals yeah. and, 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 sh- and she'll talk about that constantly. I'm like, you should have a team. And she goes, I know, but I'm too controlling. And yeah. then there's other people who are willing to say, you know, Hey, let's, let's work together. And, uh, it works for them. And, but I think just this idea of a mentorship is so important. It's everything. Um, and I, I knew I didn't want to be on my own. I knew I wasn't going to succeed that way. I had, you know, high hopes for myself. And like I just said, like you, anybody, listen, Josh and I say it all the time. Anybody can get a real estate license, right? We're not performing heart surgery here. If you study and you pay attention, anybody can do it, right? But not anybody can succeed in it. So there's a difference, right? My mm-hmm. entire family can go get a real estate license, but that doesn't mean they're going to be good at it. I think a lot of it's internal. I think you have to have the personality and drive. And I think a lot of it's external and you have to know you know, who to join and who to talk to and swallow your pride a little bit and say, Hey, I'm brand new. Nobody is going to hire me when I don't have a name for myself. Right. So yeah, like I said, I reached out to Josh on social media and both him and Carrie said the same thing that, you know, I think his exact words were, wow, it takes a lot of balls to reach out to somebody. It it does. And I was like, yes, thank you. So I think he saw a lot of you know, passion in that. I think he said he was literally sitting on the couch with his wife, like watching Netflix when my little message came up. So um, it really just worked out well. We are two peas in the pod. We're very similar. Um, You know, we're like brother and sister the way we fight sometimes and talk, but it works (laughs) well. And I think our clients appreciate that. You know, we play a lot of bad cop, good cop, and we really bounce off of each other. You know, Um, it just, it's a, it's been a very good relationship. I'm very, very grateful. So it's been a good start. um... I'll tell you a quick story. This just happened to me and this is never, almost never happened to me in all the, I think I've been doing this 11, not the show 11 years, but I've been in this industry for 11 years. And, um, I had a guy come in, he had just passed his real estate license and he was interested in possibly joining our firm, or I'm not even sure if he was interested in joining our firm, but he, he somehow found my, the podcast. And so he's been listening to it, but he set up an appointment to learn more about what our firm offers. And he came in and he goes, you know, I absolutely need a mentor. I need a, I I need somebody who I can go out in the field with and, and, you know, they can sort of be there with as a partner. And even though we have like 800 agents at our firm, I sort of thought, you know, I don't, we're probably not the right fit as much as I would love to say we're the right fit for everybody. But anyway, I said, you know, I said, I can bring you on board and we'll take great care of you. And we have amazing, we have all these great trainers and whatever, but the coaching piece, or sorry, the mentorship piece, we don't really have a a good structure for that. And I said, you're really probably better off going to these top producers um, who, you know, who, and we have some top producers too, but, but, but we said, you know, why don't I go through my list of people that I know, and I can give you some suggestions of who you might want to reach out to. So he goes, Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. So we came up with 20 names that, that he had already made a list of people. And I went through it. I said, here's 20 people that I sort of know. And I said, he goes, I'm going to take them all out for coffee. And I said, I, I said, I promise you, if you do that, you will have so many opportunities because yeah. everybody wants to get that call that goes, I want to, I want to learn what you, I want to, he goes, I'll, he goes, I'll work for like, maybe I'll just work for a small salary for now. And yeah. I was like, I go, dude, in two years, you were going to be 
crazy successful because he had the courage like you to reach mm-hmm. out to people who probably don't really have time to respond and, yeah. and people who, who do. And cause so many generous, wonderful people in this industry. And, um, you just reach out. But I think that's when people say I'm looking for a mentor, my thought is, well, I mean, I can try to help you do that, but are you doing that on your own? And you did right. that. And I just think that's yeah. so, so awesome. And that's what we did. I took him for coffee at Starbucks. And I remember I was so nervous and he walked in with a giant Dunkin' Donuts coffee in true Josh <laughs> fashion sticking out. And I remember being like, this is going to go really well. So you grew up here locally. So I'm curious yeah. Uh, yeah. out in the suburbs. Um, yes. I'm curious how, um, your, how you nurtured your sphere of influence, how important as your sphere of in now understanding that your sphere might also know that you just got a license because you just recently got a license in the last two years. Yep. So yep. was that difficult? Cause I know we get this feedback a lot from new agents who listen to our show. They say, I know I'm supposed to work my sphere of influence. I know I'm supposed to stay in touch, but I'm really timid about asking for business or rather even just sort of reminding people that I'm looking for business because um, they know that they know me. It feels weird to ask my friends. And then also, I also feel kind of like a fraud because I don't know enough yet to really do yeah. a good job and I don't want to screw something up. I'm okay. curious if any of those things sort of happened to you as you were starting. Like, did you have any of those concerns about reaching out or how did you do um, it? I wouldn't say I had concerns. I'm probably more confident than I should be, but um, I wouldn't, I mean, if any friends or family end up listening to this, this is no offense, but I didn't really tap into that to be completely honest. I yeah. don't really have, listen, everybody has their own sphere of influence, right? Some people have a lot of really wealthy friends, like good for them. I don't, right? So, yeah. and for me, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm 28. So oh my God, I'm 29. I just forgot I had a birthday. Sorry, I'm 29. Happy so birthday. I started, thank you, a few weeks ago. When I started, I was 27, right? Like a lot of my friends aren't necessarily buying yet or like, yeah, if they are, it's not like, you know, not enough to like really like make my career go wild right so I mean I I've sold a couple friends places and a couple you know an ex-boyfriend's place stuff like that but um I wouldn't say that was my main um source Source of of business reliability no it was not and I I did you know of course I posted on my Facebook and Instagram when I first got licensed and I it's one of my big 2022 goals is to market myself more because I don't you know, it's worked out fine, but it, I did not nearly do it as enough as I could have. Cause you don't want to, you don't want, you know, your family's going on stuff to like, see how your life is. You don't want to constantly be like, do you need to buy or sell? Do you need to buy or sell? Like, right. Nobody no, wants nobody to wants to be that person. Right. No. And it's, you know, you do it occasionally. I would say maybe quarterly, right. Just remind the people, you know, and what I, what I've taken away from it is it might not be your friends and family that are buying or selling, but maybe they're like, yeah. Oh, well my neighbor is, you know? So like, yeah. it's more stuff like that, that I think could get me business because you know, if it, friends or family, they know, like my closest people, they know, I don't need to post it on Facebook. Like they know right. what I'm doing for a living. So, um, yeah, I mean, we can talk about it now or whenever, but I got most of my business through doing open houses, believe it or not. I would let's, say, let's talk about that. Um, so how right important, <laughs> how important were open houses? Well, uh, you know, then, and how important are they now to your business? Uh, it was everything. I remember I did my very first open house. I think the first weekend I joined Josh, it was a listing he had and he was doing it. So it's like, I'm not doing it by myself. So I went with them and I, I was in charge of making sure people signed in, you know, and you're a little awkward sure. your first time. So it's like, Oh my God, do I talk to them? Do I not talk to them? How like, there's a, like looking back now, two years later, I'm like, there isn't, there is a formality to doing open houses, right? Like some people are just not good at them. Like Josh will admit, like, he's not good at them, right? Like he doesn't, you have, you have to have the personality type to like, want to talk to people without being 
too salesy, but like aggressive enough. And I will admit, like, I'm very good at doing them. So I, I do an open house every weekend if I can, like, obviously if I'm out of town or sick, that's different. But in the beginning, I was doing an open house every weekend. I mean, Saturday and Sunday, and I still try to, um, that's, you know, that's where you're meeting a lot of unrepped buyers. At least for me, it was, I don't, you know, I don't know for everybody, but you know, you want to go after, if you don't have your own listings to do, you know, there's a million agents out there that don't want to do their own house, open house, sure. especially big top producers, Carrie, Josh, whoever, like that's the last thing they want to do, you know? So they're more than willing to let you do it. You know, you say you'll do it for free and your price is keeping unrepped buyers. Right. So, um, you know, and some open houses are fails. I've done some where literally nobody comes, you know, sure. or one group comes and they have an agent. So it's, you know, you don't know what you're going to get, but I did an open house for one of our listings two weekends ago. It ended up selling the next day. Um, and I met to nine, one of the I'm, people that came to the open to house, one of the people that came, they had an agent. So it actually an can sell a house. It actually can sell your house. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And we got 10 grand over list, but you know, <laughs> just a little blur, right. but um, yeah, there was, uh, we had 35 groups come through. It was absolutely insane. Nine groups were unrepped buyers. And wow. out of those nine, I am now working with four of them. So to me, that was, and I did it, you know, I was there two hours. So two hours on a Saturday. Now oh my God. Hours. So, yeah. so you have four clients out of it. Yeah. And yeah. if we say, let's just say the average commission, I don't know, like 10 grand or seven grand, something like At that. At this price point. It, yeah. 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 So yeah. that's like 30 K right there for two yeah. hours of I, now there's a lot more work that's going to go into it. Right, right. And some might not buy for six months. Right. But I don't care. I mean, I don't, well, of course I, my, not. My clients are long-term to me. Right. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and be like, you need to buy in the next 30 days. Of like, course. That's, you know, so if they're, if they buy in a year from now, whatever, they're my clients and they will send me referrals. And that is all that matters to me. So, you know, I'm just saying for anyone listening, do open houses. It is by far 100% besides Josh, obviously helping me tremendously, you know, with leads and stuff that has been the number one way. And now I'm starting to get to the point where like, they're giving me referrals again. You know, I haven't been doing this that long, but I've already had a couple of buyers give me multiple referrals, you know, and now they give a referral. So at some point, and that's how these top producers get big, right? Especially the ones who've been doing it 20 years. It's just at that point it is, it's just referral after referral after referral. So, you know, if you're looking for a way, an easy way to do, and you know, for me being single and having no kids or like, you know, now is the time to hustle. You've got more time. Yeah. 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 I mean, my friends are always like, is that what you want to do on a weekend? I'm like, what else am I going to do to sit on the couch, you know, (laughs) go out drinking? Like I might as well make some money. So yeah. Yeah. I love open houses. Yeah. (laughs) And, and let's, I want to drill down just a little bit on open houses um, only in the sense of when do you have people, I know this sounds so, so sort of like inconsequential, but we get these questions a lot. People will watch, listen to the show and they'll go, well, you guys talk a lot about open houses, but you don't get too specific. And I only want to ask just a couple of questions about it. It's okay. Um, I will talk about it forever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So when somebody walks in, are they signing in right away or are you leaving them alone? Okay. I have a, you know, every agent does it their own way. And I learned what works for me and my personality type. And I, you know, it's funny because clients I have gotten from open houses, like we will laugh and talk about it. They're like, yeah, you know, some open houses we go to, it's like, hi, welcome, sign in. Yeah. Nobody wants that. It's like, it's like when you go to a car dealership and they're like, hi, I'm Jeff. Can I help you? And you're like, can I just freaking look around for a second? Um, so yeah, you walk, you walk into banana Republic and you, you, the salespeople, they, they see, yeah, right. They, they see, and, 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 and you, they're super helpful, nice, lovely people. But me, I'm, I'm like, I already know what I want. Like if I need help, I'm coming to you, but you do get that little bit of like, please don't come over and talk to me. Hundred percent. But I do make sure. So compass has an app. 
um, that mm -hmm. there's an open house, you know, section on it and you can sign in. Sometimes I'll bring the iPad so that I can have it say now, but usually I just use my phone. You know, we all have our phone in our hands constantly. So I don't do the old fashioned pen and paper. I did that for a few months in the beginning and I realized I couldn't read anybody's handwriting. And I, yeah, that's a problem. That's a real problem. Yeah, no, it really is. I would look back yeah. at email. I'm like, I don't even know what this says and it sucks. So now I can't follow through. So compass, um, for any, if compass agents listening, use that on your app because it is amazing and it'll automatically go to your CRM. Anywho. Um, so at some point I will make people sign in usually when it's, they're about to leave or, you know, I'm a very good conversationalist. So like, we'll be talking and, you know, I'll kind of make a joke, like, don't forget to sign in so I can stalk you later. You know, like I'll make some kind of <laughs> yeah. joke and like, they laugh and they like it, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm very non-aggressive about it. And, you know, I would say, you know, if it's slow, or there's only one group at a time, I obviously always get them to sign in, but every now and then a couple will slip through where I know somebody came in and out. I didn't get them to like at this one, I was telling you it was insanely packed. I mean, at any given time there was five or six groups and, you know, I'm trying to talk to them and, you know, you, you know, you see a couple come in, they do a quick walk and you see them leave and you're like, dang it, I didn't get them to sign in, but you know, it happens so rarely. But they, but, but they, but people like that might not have even become a client anyway. Right. Right. Or like, you know, a lot of times people come and they have agents. There's a thing on the app right. that says like, are you working with an agent? Yes. So those ones I don't even follow through with, you know, obviously they're not, they're working with somebody. So it's really only the ones that aren't represented, obviously, but yeah, you, you have to know the fine line of not being too aggressive, but making sure you get it. Like, and there are a lot of agents that are too timid. I mean, I was at the beginning, I, you know, I remember doing my first with Josh, he's like, make sure they sign in. I was, I was so awkward. I was like, what do I do? Just go up to me. Like, hey, can you sign in? But just make it part of your conversation and make it funny, you know, and, or just say, you know, if there's any other questions I can answer for you, a lot of times they'll ask certain questions and maybe I don't know the answer, you know, what's the edge of the roof? Oh, I don't know. I'll ask my client, make sure you sign in for me and I'll make right. sure to follow up with you. So, you know, and then, and then what's the follow-up process for you? How do you do it? Um, so I always do it the next day. I don't like to do it right away because it makes me, you know, it's like going on a date and text them five minutes. That's really, like, <laughs> too yeah. much, you know, I had a great time. <laughs> Let's get together again. Yeah. 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 It's like, okay, let it breathe a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but if you wait too long, then you know, maybe they really wanted you to fall through and now they're like, Oh, well, she doesn't care. So right. I always do it the next day. Um, usually it's, uh, it's always via text. I don't like to do email. I'm a very, I'm a much more informal agent than probably most, which I think, you know, we can get that later. I think clients that I worked with appreciate, I think I'm very relatable and, you know, I'm not the suit and tie. I'm not going to wear stilettos to every showing. Obviously I'm not going to wear a suit and tie, but you know what I mean? I'm not the, you know, I, I dress presentable, but I dress comfortable. And if I do a showing yeah. in sneakers, I do a showing in sneakers, you know, but so I, I send a text, you know, when they sign in, they have to give their name, their number and their email. So I always send a text and I just say, Hey, you know, Jessica, this is Heather. And I usually put something funny, you know, the awesome agent you met yesterday at, and I'll yeah. give them the address. So they remember they, maybe they met five agents yesterday. You know, if they went to multiple open houses, they might've signed in at multiple places. So I always say the address they met them at, and I'll usually be super, you know, super chill. Like, Hey, you know, let me know if there's any other questions you had about the listing. If this isn't the place for you, you know, happy to help you guys, you know, find something that fits, would have love to set up a phone call this week and we can talk next steps. And that's it. It's super casual. I don't say, I don't ask them, you know, so what are you guys looking for? You know, what's your price range? None of that right off the bat. If they want to work with me, they will. Again, I always relate things to dating, but it's like, you know, if a guy or girl wants to see you again, they'll respond. If yeah. they want to work with me, they'll answer. And listen, I'd say 75% of the time they may not respond. So you yeah. got probably about a 25 to 30% chance of those buyers actually responding. So, you know, and that's so if, they, if thing. they don't respond to your text, uh, do you text them again or do you just let it go? I do. Well, so it depends. So I, 
I'll give it a bit. I don't text, you know, if they don't respond the first couple of days, I don't respond again. I'll usually wait a few weeks. I do another very casual follow-up like, Hey, just checking in. You know, if there's anything I can do, let me know. Like it might be two sentences. Yeah. And then after that, if I don't hear from them, I usually let it go. Like a girl can take a sign, you know? So, um, <laughs> but I will say, I actually have a client right now. Um, and I met them through an open house over the summer, sent her a follow-up. We were very chatty at first and then they kind of, you know, went quiet and I just, whatever, maybe they're not looking, maybe they met somebody else who knows. Right. But I have continued once a month for the last four months. I have sent an email checking in. They reached out about three weeks ago and said, we're ready to start looking seriously. We're so sorry. We've been MIA dealing with a lot. So, you know, it happens. So I would also tell people just because somebody's not responding, doesn't mean they're not going to reach out ever. I would keep sending those monthly follow-ups. Don't do more than that because you're going to annoy them. But monthly follow-ups, very simple, just here. If you need me, you know, don't do anything crazy and they'll remember your name and they actually appreciate it. Like her and her husband were like, yeah, you've been following up. We like that, you know? So. Yeah. And do you, and do you, do you can, do you only uh, do it with See, It's so interesting. Cause we, we, we think, especially for anyone uh, listening that might be middle-aged, or, or, sorry. No, by all means, um, people who are, are middle-aged or, or, you know, even not necessarily that, that old, but I know for me, I just, I just assume people read their emails and of course they don't. Um, most people don't read their, it's like, I'm shocked. Um, now texting is really the only way I'm, I have a much higher probability to getting a response, um, just for my friends even. Um, and it's funny, we have, like I said, we have about 800 realtors at, at our firm. And today we had a we had to send out a, a policy update. We just made this like new rule about something. And so we needed to make sure that people knew about it. And so of course we sent out emails to their work email and also their personal, just because it was important yep. enough that, that they really see it. And then, and then I said, <laughs> we've done this long enough to go. We also need to text everybody because yes, yes. it's, it's, it's just, you know, uh, people don't read their emails. So that's another, you know, they great don't. suggestion. Yeah. And I just, my friends in marketing, actually, she just told me this literally this week that 95% of people open their text within the first two minutes of getting it. So that's another thing why if somebody doesn't respond to me right away, like I know they probably see in it and they either just don't want to respond right now. Or like I said, same thing. I've had people respond a week later, you know, a month later, um, you know, months later. So I would just say, don't give up just because somebody's not responding. Doesn't mean they won't, don't want to work with you. You never know what somebody's going, you know, you don't know. Somebody could have lost their job the next day after you met them. Somebody could have had a death in the family the next day. And now here you are being like, you want to buy a house, you know? So you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt and know that they'll reach out if they want to. Let's uh, let's talk about new construction because I yes. know that for a lot of newer agents, that is just a foreign sort of thing. It's like it I is. know I know top producers can sometimes get these sort of relationships with developers, and you yeah. know they get to sit at you know maybe there's a sales center at a particular development, or you know I just get some of their listings or or whatever. Um, it's not that common for a new a, a newer agent like yourself to the to the industry, especially especially for as young as, as you are, it's really impressive. So I'm su- I, I know our audience is really excited to hear about your take on new construction and, and yeah. how you sort of got involved with that. Yeah. I mean, I'll contribute it to Josh. So Josh is a, for everyone listening, Josh, and hopefully me one day is a developer as well. Um, so I kind of, um, <laughs> kind of walked myself right into it. And that's a huge reason why I reached out because I knew he was kind of just starting his developing developer, pardon me, role as I was, um, as I joined him, he did his very first project. Um, literally it completed a few months before I joined him. So I really joined him at like his 
peak time. And now um, if you guys can see behind me, all of these pictures are actually all of our projects, our buildings that we have built. Um, So it's, it's been crazy. We have like four just this year coming up four new buildings. Um, So it's, it's wild, but yeah, you, you know, for me, obviously I, again, I kind of walked right into it. Right. So Josh and I do a ton of new construction. Like I said, he's developer on them. And then obviously also we're the brokers. Um, But I have, because we work hand in hand and he's the developer, like I have a lot of hands-on experience that I know I've talked to plenty of agents who've been doing this 15, 20 years that still are kind of, you know, unfamiliar with new construction because it is, it's completely different than your average resale, right? Um, There's developer contracts, you know, that you put offers on versus your regular, you know, car contractor, you know, it's just, it's a completely different ball game. So, you know, it's been really, really cool to be a part of that and to see on the back end. I mean, again, I still don't know everything. Trust me, I don't, but I know a lot more than probably your average agent. And there's, it's been cool. There's agents in my office that have even come to me and been like, Hey, I have clients buying a new construction. Do you have any suggestions on what we should look for during, you know, showings or final walkthroughs? And, you know, it's cool. You know, you don't want a developer that's, you know, you always want to look for a one-year developer warranty. You know, there's a lot of, won't swear on here. There's a lot of bad developers out there. (laughs) There's a lot of bad developers out there. And so, you know, you want to look for certain things and, you know, the reality is a lot of new construction is sold before it's even, you know, on the market Completed, or complete, yeah. right? A lot of, yeah. I'd say, I don't know, I'd say 50 to 60% of our stuff has sold while either it's in the framing stage or the drywall stage. So, you know, and for that, for buyers, that's scary, right? Because they might see renderings, you know, we hire, we hire, you know, a person to do renderings for us to show, you know, buyers what it's going to look like. Cause we see the vision, right? I can tell you, okay. Yeah. Powder bath, kitchen, whatever, but a buyer's like, what the hell is this wall for? So, um, you know, but it's still hard for them on a rendering to see that. So, you know, that's a huge part of it. You, you got to sell the image to people. Right. And that's, that's, it's, it takes a special person to sell that because, you know, we walk into a building. You're selling like, the dream. I'm selling, yeah, I'm selling an image that they can't see. So, you know, Josh and I, I think we stand out because a lot of developers that, you know, we know personally, and this is no, you know, no, nothing bad against them, but a lot of developers will hire an actual, you know, interior designer or whatever to do stuff. And Josh and I do all that ourselves from the tile to the paint colors, the type of baseboard. So you know everything counters. about the property. I know everything. I can tell you where to go get counters. I can tell you what lights to do. Like we pick everything, literally everything. We don't hire anybody. So, you know, we're both very hands-on. I mean, I'm at studio 41 with him, you know, <laughs> multiple days a week when we get to that phase of the project, like plumbing, we pick it all. So when our projects are done, I, I can truly say like, we designed this, like not a single other person besides him and I has a say in any of that stuff. And we, and- we, we know what buyers looking for, right? Like I know what's in, I know what's going to sell. So why would I hire somebody else to do it when I know better than anyone? So I'll, I'll have to ask you, cause I just bought yeah. uh, a new, a new construction place. So I, I went, oh um, uh, I went, uh, basically all white, like ever okay. white walls, um, yep. white quartz countertops, yep. white, um, uh, cabinets, cabinets yep. um, or, or, you know, all variations of whites. And then all of the fixtures are all dark and, and, yeah, and black. Yep. use matte black. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. so I, I, you know, it's funny that things, uh, especially, um, uh, fashion and, and, and just sort of aesthetics, uh, of course, rotate and change and evolve. And so I, you know, I was thinking like, it's so cool 
what I like now, the way I think of it, um, knowing a little bit, just tiny little bit about interior design, I'm like, oh, this is so cool today. And I want, I go, I wonder in 10 years is, are people going to walk in and go, what were these people thinking? And then I realized, of course they will. Of course they're going to do that. That's the nature of, of evolution of, of aesthetics. But that's why it's really important for, I think, agents to know what's in now or how to correct what was in 15 years ago, which is now being sold. Yeah, we sell, obviously we do other, you know, resales and stuff. And sure. a lot of the early 2000s is that cherry color, right? You all know what yep. I'm talking about. I had it in my first place. Yep. And the cherry cabinets. And when you walk in, you're like, holy shit, it's a lot of cherry. That's what I right? had, yeah. And yeah. The, the granite, the dark granite counter. So I had a dark granite Josh, countertop. Yes, yep. I, I can picture your place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another thing Josh and I are really good at is, you know, because we work with a lot of contractors and stuff, we have people for everything. You need new counters? I got you. You need to know where to get yeah. lights. I got you. You need a guy to paint your cabinets. I got you. Like I literally got you covered on every front. So I think that's another big thing we bring to our clients that, you know, I've been able to like, you know, that's scary for a client. You know, we have a lot of clients who buy, you know, obviously not only new construction, but they might buy something that needs a complete gut. And they're like, holy crap, where do I start? Like, I don't even right. know where to get tile. And like, it's, you know, what are you gonna do? Like Google, like best tile person in Chicago. That's overwhelming. So, you know, I, that's a huge selling point for me. Huge. You know, I think that's a huge thing that stands myself and Josh out for compared to other agents. Because if you don't, if you don't do that a lot, like not only do we do new construction, but I'd say I would confidently say 80% of listings we get, we convince our sellers to do some sort of work, whether, and some of it's like total reno, like kitchens, bathroom floors, like everything. Sometimes it's maybe just new counters. Sometimes it's just painting, like whatever it is. And every, we've done, you know, every level of it. Um, but like I said, I'd say 80% of our listings we do because again, we know what sells. So sure, could we walk in and say, you know, don't do a lick of thing. We'll schedule photos tomorrow. We'll list it. But it might sit for a little bit because guess what? People don't want to do work. That's the reality. No. People are lazy and they don't yep. want to do work because they don't know where to start. They don't know who to call to reno a bathroom. They don't know who to call for new countertops. They, they just don't know what to do. So, you know, when something is already done, it's that much more appealing. And a lot of times sellers, you know, they get stressed out, like, oh, especially if they're living there, you know, if they have to live through the construction and the dust and don't get me wrong, it is a pain in the ass. Like, I'm not saying it's not, but when your house sells for 50 K more, you're going to thank me. So, um, you know, that's another thing that I think stands myself out is, you know, being so new in the industry, because we do so much of that on listings. I have a plethora of contractors. I can give you, like I said, for anything. And I, myself being, I'm not a licensed interior decorator, but you know, I have a good eye for stuff. So I've had clients come back after they move in and ask me for my opinions on stuff and ask what paint color should I do? And they, you know, they actually listen to me. So it's nice. Well, I just, I just think how valuable that is when you're going around showing uh, older properties to your, your buyer clients and they go, I hate those cabinets. And you go, no, 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 don't that's, and then you get to say, oh, that's just going to cost two grand and it'll take a week or something. hundred percent. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like, don't worry, I've, you know, or, or, you know, that old sort of goofy uh, granite countertop that has the weird colors in it. Don't yeah, worry, so we gross. can swap that out <laughs> with something different, like a white one or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's another two grant. Like, don't worry, like right. I, we can fix all this stuff. Right. Um, and I, I appreciate think- that. Yeah. It's, and it's, and I don't think a lot of realtors have enough knowledge. They know that that can be done, but you have the ability to really say, Hey, we do this kind of stuff for our own uh, developments. We know how to, how to get this done for you. Like really it's no big deal. Um, Don't let that stop you from, from this particular property, because we can, we could swap all that stuff out. Um, And very few, very few agents have that knowledge. Agree. And we, you know, we're paying, you know, maybe 60, 70 cents on the dollar for a lot of stuff too. And that's appealing to them. Like, Hey, 
you're not paying, you're not going to get ripped off by somebody walking into some, you know, granite place and picking out counters and they're upcharging it, which I can guarantee you every place does because you're a new customer. And what do you know? You don't know how much a slab of granite costs. So right. I know how much it costs, you know, and I, it's funny because we had a client actually this summer, she redid her master bath, right? And it was beautiful. She did a great job. And, you know, we asked her how much, you know, I'm like curious, how much did you spend on this? And she told us something wild, like 30 grand. And it wasn't that big of a bathroom. And I go 30 grand. I go, are you kidding me? I go, this should have cost at most eight to nine. I, oh. I, I'm telling you that. And she looked at me and she goes, seriously, I go, oh, no. I probably shouldn't have told you that. Cause now you're going to kick yourself in the butt, but I don't know who the heck you hired, but like, and that's the truth though. Like people will pay it because they don't know what it's supposed to oh, 25. Okay. It costs 25. It's like, no, it doesn't cost 25. So, and ultimately, you know, even if it's after the fact, I think most people, this is just the psychology. I think most people want specialists in their life, even if their specialist is going to tell them something that they can't change or fix, but the right. specialist like you goes, you know, you, you sadly, I think we, we could have done this a lot cheaper. And right. I would think next time there's any sort of opportunity, you're going to be the person they contact because now they trust you. You told yeah. them something that, that unfortunately maybe wasn't like for somebody who's worried about offending somebody, they might say, you know, I'm just going to keep that to myself. But right. you, you said, no, that's the truth. And you need, you need to know this. And I'm sorry that you sort of maybe paid more than you should have, but next time just call me because we can, we can do this better. Um, right. And, and right. of course 100%. the average person's never, I'm not, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't would know not, if I was getting right. ripped off. And you don't, yeah, you're not going to question that because then you look like you're being cheap, right? Like, oh, does it cost that? Like you just, you know, so people don't. Do I, that, um, right? before I bought, uh, the, the condo I live in now, um, yeah. I actually reached out to several of the people I've interviewed on. We have 800 agents at our company, like I've said. So right. I, there, yeah. I have plenty of people to ask here, but I right. said, you know, I want some outside opinions. And I literally, cause I'm like, I don't know. And I literally reached yeah, out to three know. or four, um, producers that have been on our show. And I go, I'm thinking about buying this is this a good price? Or like, I don't know. Right. And, and, and I'm so grateful I did because they told me and, yeah. and, and I, as somebody who's, I mean, I'm technically a realtor too. I've never used my license, right. but, right. but the reality of it is, is I I'm like, I better ask around. And so I think this is the value of, ha of, of gaining this knowledge is you get to become really valuable to people. Yeah, you do. And that's, you know, it's funny. I, I was interviewed by Chicago agent magazine last month. And there was a question, I think in there that said, you know, like, you know, everyone asked them, what, what makes you stand out? Right. And it's true because there's so many agents, right? Why would sure. Jessica hire me over somebody else? Right. So right. you, you have to, you have to bring value to somebody's life. And I was listening to this motivational speaker that compass had a couple of months ago. And, you know, he said something along the lines of so many agents and anybody in any sales job, really make it about them, right? Like, what are yes. you guys doing for me? How are you making me money? Right. And yes. At the end of the day, your clients are making you money, right? This is our job. This is how we make money. However, like that's not the, that's not the tactic you have to go into it. You know, you have to change your entire mindset. And he, he said something that really stuck with me and it was, you know, he, he was basically saying, find something that your client likes, enjoys over the course of showing them, right. You get to know your clients, right. Are they into gardening? Are they a big cook? Whatever it is. And he goes, even after the sales done, you know, when you send your quarterly follow-throughs or twice a year follow-throughs or whatever, bring up something that is applicable to them, right? You know, if they're really into dogs, ask how their dog's doing. Maybe send a treat to their dog. Like sure. something that makes you that think, wow, she actually listened to me and I'm not just another, you know, and the reality is DJ, a lot of agents send out these, you know, <laughs> not to shoot on agents that do this, but like the postcards that are like, Merry Christmas. And it's like, 
let's be honest, nobody gives a shit about this postcard, right? They're looking at it. Oh, cool. Alex, I'm a postcard trash. Like nobody cares. Yeah, along with, along with 20 others that I receive from different uh, yes. other people who want right. my business for other things. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I will never quote me now. I will never <laughs> send a single client a Merry Christmas postcard, a happy new year. I would rather send them a personal text, ask how their daughter Marianne is doing or whatever it is. I, even if it takes me 10 times longer to send out individual texts versus just like, you know, somebody printing cards and having my assistant mail it, like that's the reality of it. And a lot of these top agents, they don't make time for it. And I think that's sad. I'm not saying all of them, trust me, but I think the busier we get, we become less and less personable. So like for me, you know, I'm not, you know, at that level yet, but it's, it's nice because like make the habits now, you know, I, I am on one-on-one communication with every single client I've helped in the last two years. You know, I've never had somebody else send a letter for me or a text. And I think you just have to, you have to keep it personal and otherwise they're going to forget about you and they're not going to refer you out. Right. Because they're they, they, nothing about you stuck to them. You're just somebody who helped them buy a house. So do you, and do you, know. you store personal information uh, about yes. them in, in your CRM where so you can yes. go in and say, Oh, this per- this person has two kids and they're around yes. this age and, and they're into gardening. And, and I'll tell you what, people, it sounds dumb, but people appreciate it. So for example, in the open house app, when I have people sign in, there's a note section and I will put in there, you know, lives in, you know, Roscoe village now about to get married, daughter started new school. Like I'll put little stupid notes. And so when I go to follow up with them, it comes in play. You're like, Hey, you know, Tether, I know you guys are looking for a new school for Marianne, you know, like personal things. And I'm telling you, they're like, Holy shit. She listened to me, you know? So it takes two seconds to write a note, make it personal make it seem like you're there for them because you are <laughs> at the end of the day, you are there for them. So, you know, I think that's key. Yeah. I 100%, I, I couldn't agree. Uh, couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think, I think it's the, what we're really talking about, I think is fundamentals, right? It's so much yeah. about doing the personal fundamental stuff that people feel special once yeah. it's been done to them. And, and there's, it, there's, it, I think it's not, it's hard work. Like you said, it might take 10 times longer to yeah. send out personal texts or even 100%. to call people, but, um, they're not getting that many of those. Um, no. they're really and, you know, for, not. Yeah. And for me, you know, I might only have 30, 40 clients. So it's like, not that much, you know, obviously when you've been doing this for 20 years, you have 5,000 clients, you know, or whatever the number is like, yeah. that's a lot of work. And I get that, but like, you're not texting everybody every day, you know, and that's why that you have a CRM. And I really started us- utilizing that the last, like, four or five months only, I'll be honest, I was really bad at it. And now it's very organized. They put everybody's birthday in there, you know, just, you know, the stupid stuff that you want to tell people that you're like, I simply cannot keep a track, you know, in my head, obviously. So, I mean, I was thinking, so you have everybody's birthday. So, you know, every every day you probably wake up and it tells you this is so-and-so's birthday. I'm curious. So I, so obviously we all have birthdays. I I'm thinking about now I'm in this industry, but there's a lot of other industries with salespeople who are trying to get business, could be a financial advisor, an accountant, it could be uh, uh, any, anything, any, lots yeah. of uh, insurance, I mean, a million types of people who would probably like to have someone's business. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, I never get prospected by almost anybody. And not only that, <laughs> I, not, I, not, I not only almost never get prospected, um, I never get text messages Certainly I never get personalized text messages. I don't even get personalized text messages and, and nothing against the people like in my life that my accountant and my financial person, like they're all wonderful. I love them. I don't expect anything from them. They're great. They've earned their place, but I'm, but 
I don't even get text messages from them. Yeah, it would be nice to have. Yeah. Well, it's it's not that it's not that I need it, but I'm just saying it's not that I need it from people I've already hired, but I do love it. Um, but what I'm saying is it's not crowded along. What's that? It's that book Scott Peck, I think wrote in the seventies called it's never crowded along the extra mile or something like that. Mm -hmm. It legitimately Mm -hmm. is never crowded along the extra mile because people, yeah, people are going to send postcards at Christmas. They're going to send, um, they're going to send these monthly email newsletters about real estate that their company put together. I mean, yeah, yeah and, and that's fine. I mean, whatever, yeah. if that, that, whatever, but, but how many times did somebody during COVID ever, who wasn't my close friend reach out to me and say, Hey man, how are you doing? With COVID? How are you doing yeah. right now? Like, yeah. how's your job? Everything. Okay. Yeah. Um, other than my friends and family, not yeah. zero, uh, one person, the person yep. who cuts my hair, who I'm seeing tomorrow night, she <laughs> is the only, and I've been with her like 10 plus years and she absolutely yeah. does not have to do it. And she's the only one that said, I was just thinking about you. How are you doing? How's everything going? And I, it yeah. really meant a lot to me. And right now, guys, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Like this is still an opportunity where you can demonstrate Check care in. and compassion yeah. and just go, Hey, I'm just checking in. How's everything going? Are you still working from home? What's going on? Yeah. And, and develop a deep in those relationships. I love the fact that, that, that you do that. I think that's, yeah. I'm definitely overly communicative. And that's something I think that stands out. I always tell people, I never want my clients to have to reach out to me. And so everyone should take that advice. You never want your client to have to text you and say, what's the status? Um, Yeah. What's going on? If they text you, you're doing something wrong. You need to be on top of it and say, Hey, morning, just wanted to let you know. Um, Inspection report just came back. Let's hop in a call at five o'clock today and go over everything, whatever it is. My clients should never, ever, 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 unless it's something random that think like that they have a question on. But if it's something regarding this, you know, the normal sale process, I should be letting them know. Like, and I, I am definitely overly communicative, but I'd rather be that way. And for any clients of mine that may listen to this, you know, I'm going to send them this uh, little podcast. They know, like, I will send them messages just randomly and be like, hey, just checking in. I know the market sucks right now and there's nothing, but just saying hi, you know, like, yeah. I'm still here and I'm still here for whatever you need. And they need to know that, yeah. you know, um, it's important. They don't, you don't want, and no one should feel like you just forgot about them ever. And I, I think you're also talking about anticipating needs ahead of time and, and yeah. realizing that the process for buying or selling a home, no matter how, if it's somebody's first time or their 10th time, it's still incredibly stressful. It's still a 100%. roller coaster. Something's going to go wrong at some point in the process. Something, some yep. wrinkles going to happen where people, where your the client's going to freak out because of yep. course they will. And, yep. and, and this is where I think anticipating in advance, oh, this is the part, oh, I just got some news that I have to give to the client. They're going to freak out. So now yep. I have to make sure that I already have a sort of a preconditioned response to say, Hey, I know you're going to freak out right now, but don't. And here's why. And, 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 and this way, because I think so many clients, and I know this is for me too, I'm in the industry. And when I just bought a a property was not my first property and I was freaking out. I mean, everything was, (laughs) was going well. And I was freaking out and I was like, Oh my gosh, am I making a big mistake? What's going on? And, and ultimately um, I had to ask people and I'm, I'm in the industry and I had to ask, and I'm like, man, if I sort of know what's going on and I completely freaking out the average buyer and seller, no matter how successful or not, they are, uh, whether they're a top CEO of a company or if they're, you know, uh, have a more normal blue collar job, whatever the the situation is, they're probably freaking out too. And if you can come and say, Hey, 
I was just thinking about you. Here's what we're, here's what's going on because you're right. My, my, I now work for him, but, but many, many years ago when I bought my first place, I wasn't in this industry. And yeah. my, um, my friend was my realtor. Cause we work yep. with our friends and, yep. um, Nick had <laughs> that same pop. Yeah. Nick, who is my realtor, um, was, uh, he had the same policy where afterwards, when I started working for him, I go, boy, you were a really great realtor. And, and he said, he said, Oh, I don't know. He goes, it's a lot about just customer service. And, and he said, yeah. um, he goes, he had the same exact goal that you had. He said, I never wanted my clients to have to call me first. He goes, that, that was my only real goal. And he goes, because of that, people just thought I was right on top of things. So yeah, you have to be, and you know, you should be sending them. Yeah. Updated email. Like, yeah, I could talk about it forever, but always be one and, step and, ahead of your and client. Asking for referrals. Do you do it or not? Curious. So I don't, and I yeah. should. It's another tw- I also but don't should you? have I mean, do you think you should? So I think I listen, I am not the pushy type of agent, yeah. salesperson, whatever you want to call it. There are agents that will do that. You'll finish a transaction, it'll be closing day. You say thank you so much for your business, whatever. And a lot, I, I mean, I know agents who they put, they kind of send like a, you know formal email at the end. And like, there might be a, the thing in there that says, you know, obviously keep me in mind for referrals. You know, it's a casual, sure. it's not like pushing. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. even do that. The way, again, back to what I said earlier, the way my head works is if they were impressed with me and they think I did a good job, if they're out at dinner one night and their friends are talking about buying a place, my name's going to come to the head. I'll give you Heather's number. It already has happened. If yeah. they weren't impressed with me, then they're probably not. And guess what? I don't want their client's business if they weren't impressed with me because that's not a good way to meet somebody. Like she did yeah. a shitty job for us, but here's her number, you know? So, I mean, I don't push it as much as I probably could, you know, maybe, you know, I could start giving prizes, you know, you get a hundred dollar gift card if you give me a referral, but <laughs> well, some people do that. I mean, it's, it's they obviously can, there's, I, you know, different approaches, but, but 100%. I, I, um, I, I used to work in, in a, a sales capacity um, in, in the finance world a million years ago here in Chicago. And we talked to the, one of the top guys in our office and it was a very, uh, top tier sort of white glove type of firm, which is very professional and, and, and not super salesy. However, um, and, and anyway, um, I asked the, the, one of the top guys there, I said, how do you ask for business? He goes, if you do it right, you don't have to ask. Now I'm not saying that's, yeah. this is the answer for everyone, but he said, if yeah. you do it right, you don't have to really ask yeah. because you have to demonstrate value. And if yes. you can demonstrate value, eventually people just go, oh yeah, of course I'm going to use you, you know? hundred percent. And even like Josh and I more so Josh, than maybe like he'll have clients or, you know, I should call them clients, friends that'll ask, they know he does a lot of new construction and rehab. So if they're, they're they may not be looking to sell, they just want to review their bathroom, right? They'll ask him for his opinion. Well, guess what? Maybe they'll sell in three years and they remember Josh being helpful doing their bathroom. So, and I have that too. I have friends, my one good friend, actually, she's like trying to buy her place. And she's like, if I redo everything, I'm hiring you because I know, you know what you're doing. I'm like, yes, thank you. A hundred dollars yeah. an hour. But yeah, so. um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's well, very, it's nice to have, know that you bring some value to somebody's life. Everybody then- in every field should feel that way. So what is your policy? So, so after the sale, you still have yeah. their, you have their birthdays. You, you, those are yeah. obvious times to reach out. Um, are you considering doing other things? Like some people call on the anniversary of a buy or a sell and be like, Hey, it's your anniversary. Um, yeah, or- I mean, I, I haven't done that. <clears throat> Pardon me. I haven't done that yet. Um, you know, all my sales have been last year, so I haven't hit like the one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them are coming close. So I guess I could, I never really thought about that. I just, um, I stay in touch with everybody though. So frequently that I don't feel like, you know, the agents that do that are usually the ones that like, they won't talk to you. And they send you this like robotic email or something like, I don't know, like I am in touch with, I'll just text them for the heck of it. Like, Hey, just checking in everything good. Like, I'll, you know, I'll randomly ask them like, Hey, you know, everything's set up with the HOA. Like I may remember a problem that came up, you know? So like, I don't know for me, I feel like 
I talk to them enough, like randomly that I feel like I don't need to send some robotic, like happy one year, you know, I mean, it's cute and all, but like, do they really care? Like, you know, but right. birthdays, I think are smart. And even, even on my CRM, you know, it'll send me an email a, a day before. So I set it up, letting me know like so-and-so's birthday's tomorrow, but I won't send, like, I'm not going to send to the, I'm not going to send it to on the email. Like I'm going to still send you a personalized text. The CRM just yeah. reminds me like, again, the email, like who wants their realtor sending them an email? Like that's so unpersonal. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, yeah. for me, texting is everything, especially, you know, myself being a millennial, I attract a lot of millennial clients. So I feel like, let's be honest, we're all on our phones all the time and we text yep. constantly. So you also have to know what clientele works for you. I'm not going to go after, you know, that's another big thing I would tell new people, like know what works for you. If you're new in the business in your sixties, like go after that sphere. They probably, you know, they're probably, they're not first time buyers in their sixties. They probably have a higher price point, like good for you. Like go for it. For me, you know, it's friends, family, or like I said, people at open houses are, that are, I feel like I connect with are the ones that use the ones that reach out are the ones that I connect with. Right. I've, I've talked to a million people at open houses, you know, older couples, couples that maybe we have a little language barrier and everything, you know, seems nice, but they end up ultimately, they're not going to be the ones that work with me because we didn't just didn't connect on that level. Right. You know, if someone mostly speaks Spanish, I don't speak any Spanish. Like they're not going to want to, they want somebody they can speak Spanish to. Right. Like, so you have to know your, you have to know the clientele that vibes with you. I want to ask too about rentals because yes. as you mentioned, a lot of your your friends and uh, people your in your age group um, maybe aren't yet buying. I know I like I bought my first place. I was one of the last people of my friends to do it. Um, and yep. I was th- I was 30 and at the time okay. when I bought yep. my first one. Um, yep. So I, I would have been a, a, a renter um, and I never used a realtor when I was a renter yep. because I just found things on my, I didn't really even think about it. But yep. um, had I had used a realtor when I was a renter and if they would have stayed in touch and said, hey, you should be buying a place. And quite frankly, yep. Being that I was sort of in the finance world at that time, I was embarrassed to not really understand how buying a home actually worked. And this is really sort of pre even YouTube um, being a big thing or it, it even it just we weren't as conditioned to go online and really learn as as much as we are now where now right. I just I mean, I, my whole home is is connected with Google. I just I literally we just ask out loud, hey, what about yeah. this or that? And yeah. and and but, but that didn't exist back then. And so right. I know I was a little embarrassed uh, to even reach out to find out. And I'm thinking I'm just curious. And I know you you do mostly sales, of course. Yep. But, um, you know, I think, I think, I think agents miss out on rental opportunities, not as a way to get to, to become wealthy and, and rentals, I guess you could be, but rentals are, are, um, a great way to start a relationship. I think a hundred percent. And actually that's how Josh mostly got started. Cause back when he started, he went to like, I forgot what he says. I'm going to butcher the story, but he went to like his old college campus and basically was like helping people find rentals. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I haven't done a ton of rentals. I mean, I've obviously done some. Um, yeah, I mean, I regularly reach out to them, you know, and just say, you know, let me know when you're ready to buy. And a couple have, and I know a couple will, you know, yeah. when the lease is up next year. And I've, you know, listen, a lot of agents, you know, especially if they're top producers and I can't blame them, like they don't want to do it because let's be honest, sure. like you're not making that much and you're doing kind of right. just as much work. Like that's the reality of it, right? Yeah. But you have to think big picture. And for somebody who's newer like myself or anyone else, 
the renters eventually turn into buyers, right? Whether it's in a year, three years, five years, and guess what? Then they sell, then they buy again and they refer you. So, you know, you kind of have to think big picture, like, okay, I might only make $600 on this, but if they buy in a year, good for me, you know? So yeah, I, like I said, I've, I've done maybe five or six rentals, which is hardly anything, but those ones that I have done, yeah, I do. I stay in regular touch with them and they know I'm here when they're ready to buy and we talk about it, you know, and I, when they're ready again, I'm not that pushy and I'm here. So yeah, I think it is a great way to do it. And people who choose not to are just missing another opportunity, honestly. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it sounds like the, the main theme of, of what you do is, is personal connection. It's a lot 100%. of hundred percent. It's everything. Yeah. 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 And, and, I, and really sort of anticipating someone's, someone's needs through the process and sort of understanding, yeah. okay, I, 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 my job is to make sure this goes as smoothly as possible. So I'm going right. to, I'm going to be the, the, the problem solver, which, which by the way, it takes up a huge part of an agent's day, right? Like oh yeah, <laughs> finding new business, uh, you know, that takes up some part of an agent's day. Maybe that's an hour, but I, I always, Brian Buffini, um, was sort of famous for saying if there's an eight hour day, he, he said, if you could spend one hour looking for business, you're a superstar because you're going to be spending at least six or seven of the other, uh, seven hours, um, working with your existing clients. But, um, yep. so, yep. so it doesn't, you don't have to spend all day looking for business, but if you can just do a few things, Hey, I'm thinking about you text yep. or happy birthday. I, um, yep. yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'll, Josh kind of helps bring in leads and stuff only because he's been doing it longer, sure. you know, hopefully in another five years, I'll have the same thing, but most of your day. Yeah. I mean, I focus on the people you do have as clients, right? So many agents are like, how can I find more? How can I find more? And it's like, well, you're not even, you have 10 buyers you're working with and like maybe start, you know, I've, you know, as we all know, agents listening, there's no inventory right now. So I have like six buyers all ready to go, pre-approved, ready to write tomorrow, but we can't find anything. So like maybe spend your days, you know, Josh and I are, you know, a top 10% producing team. So we have access to off-market stuff, which any other top producer also does, but not everyone, obviously. So we utilize that. I mean, I I found a lot of clients in the past properties um, via off-market stuff. The reality is all the good stuff will sell off-market. Um, so it's, you know, focus your time looking on those to find the clients you do have stuff or like, you know, I really, I've knocked on doors before, you know, I have clients who only want to be in a certain building. Okay. You know, use your marketing dollars with your brokerage to get postcards made and literally spend four hours a day and go slide them under the door. I'm about to do that this week for a client. So like, you know, do like spend your time on the people you actually have as clients, like the new ones will come organically. At least that's my mindset. And that's how I want them to come. Right. I mean, there are agents that spend 30 grand a month on Zillow, which, you know, I can't even financially do that right now. But even if I could, it's like, there's no connection. It's like, they meet at the property, you know, they know nothing about them. Yeah. It's like, hi, I'm Heather. You know, it's, it's not, that's not the type of client I want. I'd rather do and, business. And, and also and, there's a thing too that, that, and I look, Zillow has, has been a guest on our show and we're actually yep. uh, hopefully going to be bringing Zillow back as a little a sneak for everyone. Um, we're yeah, in discussions amazing. with them. We, we're, we're big, big fans, but, um, but th- that, and there's, look, I mean, there's a thing too about being a woman, right. And your picture's there. And sometimes people yep. might choose you for maybe not as 
completely honest of a reason, right? Or yeah, they might, it happened. And, and I'm sure that's happened. And, and there's safety considerations with that as well. Yeah. And there's, there's just a lot. It's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's certainly, gosh, we have live interviewed tons of people who, who buy Zillow leads. And oh, yeah. I think it's I wasn't great. Anything bad. I wish I could. No, no, I know you weren't, <laughs> but, 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 it, but it is, it, it is like something that what Heather's, what Heather's saying is there is no, you really have to work to build that connection with this stranger. And typically you're going to meet them for the first time at the property. And that's just yeah. tough to do. It's just it tough. And you're trying to sell them on your personality. And listen, the reality is even if you get a Zillow lead, they have no commitment to you. You might spend a whole day showing them 17 properties. And if they didn't vibe with you, they guess what? They're never going to call you again. So, you know, I'd again, would rather have it organically and referrals, obviously. Awesome. Well, I think that's a great, great place to wrap up. Heather, you've given so yeah. much great value and I want to definitely invite you to come back on the show uh, maybe in yeah. a few years when you're just like, uh, you know, when, once you hit 30 and then you know, uh, I want to see where you're yeah. at, because the fact that you did 13 and a half million your first year, and it wasn't like business was really just handed to you. I, I know you're, you, you have a great mentor and Josh is a, a lovely guy and, and certainly helped along the way, but, but you 100%. really, it's, it's really clear that, that you've put the work in and which yeah. is, I'm sure why Josh brought you on. And, and I think <laughs> yeah, that we work well together. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's, it's just about uh, fundamentals, hard work, discipline, staying in touch with people, showing that you care about them, um, yep. and providing incredible value. And I think for everyone listening, you know, make this the year that you develop relationships with contractors, developers, go spend, a, a, you know, an afternoon in, in a contractor's office and just say, I just want to talk to you about, I come across buyers all the time. I show them places, the cabinets suck, the, yep. you know, the granite sucks, um, yep. or, or, you know, what should I be quoting them as far as time, um, money, um, how easy is this to do? And then, oh yeah, Mr. And Mrs. Contractor, I'm going to give you all the business once yep. it happens, but I want to learn so that when somebody walks in, they don't go, oh, that kitchen's really gross. Be like, yep. no problem for 20 grand. And we can, maybe we can even work it into the deal somehow. Um, yep. we, we can get that fixed out or maybe it's five grand or whatever the amount yep. is. That is an incredible value that most oh, agents it's huge. It's, don't have. And I've had almost every seller and buyer of mine I've used, you know, I've given that speech to and they've all utilized it. So it's never going to go. And, you know, my last little advice is always have more than one contractor because contractors can be flaky, just like anyone else can be. And you never know. And a lot of times clients want more than one quote. So you should sure. try to make connections with multiple people and just have, you know, multiple resources you can call when you need to. Awesome. Well, Heather, um, oh, Heather, you know, we didn't mention Heather's social media. What's the best way if any one of yeah. our audience wants to uh, learn more about you and follow you? What, how should they do that? Yeah. Uh, my Instagram, my gosh, I need to get better. At it. It's just my first and last name put together. So Heather Ditlevson, maybe I'll put the handle in the bio or something. My last name I know is a million letters long, but um, it's just first, last name smushed together. Um, they can also reach out to me directly. You can put my number in here if you need. Um, I'm always happy to like meet a coffee. If you're buying, if you're selling, if you're in the industry, like whatever you need, I'm here. I love making new friends. So whatever. Yeah. Heather's extraordinarily generous with her time. She's a, she's a lovely person. You just got back from vacation, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys can tell me. I'm hopefully a little tan. You look, I, yeah, you look really tan. Where, where'd you yeah, go? I was in Tulum for six days. It was I have, amazing. I have, I've only been to Tulum as a day trip from, oh my God. from Cancun. Yes. Yeah, so Tulum's about two hours away from Cancun. Yeah. So it's its own little I kept calling it an island. My friend's like, we're not on an island. Like, okay, <laughs> we're in the mainland. Island, but yeah, 
it's one strip of road and everything's on that road. And if, if people have been, they know what I'm talking about, but everyone should go. I went with a couple of girlfriends. It was by far the best week of my life. I'm already depressed. I'm back here. I just got back late yesterday. Um, so yeah, it's been, it was an amazing week and ready to dive right back in now. <laughs> did you, did you go to any of the, I think they're called cenotes or, cenotes, or the, yes. yeah. three of them. Yeah. The cenotes for anyone listening is kind of like, there's different kinds, but yeah, you kind of swim underwater. They're an underground pool underground, like of warm water. Yeah. yeah, we did a tour on the one. We went to three different ones. Yeah, um, they're very inexpensive. It's like 20 bucks to go to them usually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very cool. And whoever decides to follow me, I'm sorry, but you'll see a million pictures for the next month of Tulum. So. Did you, and then next, you have to, next time if you're in that area, you should go to Chichen Itza as well. That's, yes, uh, we, we wanted to, but we did. Yeah. There's also like the Mayan ruins. There's just, yeah, there's you know, a lot. but then you also just want to lay on the beach and be lazy. There's a lot to do. Right. Could, honestly, it's, it's two weeks would have been amazing, but you know, it's very, very expensive down there way more than we thought too. So, oh really? Um, Is it, it's expensive yeah, now? The, the food, the drinks, the, there's a lot of cute boutiques. I bought some clothes down there. Everything is very, very pricey. <laughs> just keep yeah. that in mind for anyone going. Um, but yeah, it was, it was absolutely amazing. So everyone should go. Well, great. Well, we appreciate, and Heather was so sweet to, to be here basically on her first day back, which yes, uh, nobody, wa- right nobody in. wants to do this on their first day back. So I appreciate oh, no, it. I'm- I'm very grateful. Thank you so much for having me. We're we're so excited. Um, I, there's uh, you have a, such a great energy to you, and I love talking to new agents who are so happy and 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 they're excited about this industry. And um, yes. it really our audience loves it. So for everyone listening, please follow Heather on Instagram. We will put the link to her Instagram, Heather Ditlipson, in uh, yep. the show notes. You can click through right there and um, check out what she's all about and reach out to her. She's a super generous yep. person. If you have questions or just uh, suggestions um uh, she would be loved to, to talk with you as well so yes, send her, I got, send her I'll an email Starbucks coffee. let's do it <laughs> <laughs> wonderful well heather thank you so much for, on behalf of our listeners and our yeah, viewers yeah, thank course. you so much for being on our show we appreciate it we know how busy you are and um really uh, honor you for for taking the time and on behalf of heather and myself we want to thank our listeners and viewers for continuing to support our show and Um, We are at an all-time high as far as downloads, and that is not uh, anything other than because our our, our listeners tell other people about our show. So thank you so much. Uh, We are, I think, in our fifth or sixth year of doing the show, and we have more downloads than we've ever had. And so um, please continue to tell a friend. If you could just think of one other real estate professional that could benefit from hearing this wonderful conversation with Heather, send them a link to our our website is probably the best way to do it. Um, Every episode we've ever done is you can stream right from our site, which is keepingitrealpod.com. Or if the person you're referring to is already a podcast listener, just have them pull up keeping it, search for keeping it real, hit the subscribe button and one last thing that we're asking everyone to do, please leave us a review. You know, whatever um, type of app you might be listening to our show through, whether it's iTunes or now called Apple Podcasts um, or it's Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, uh, you know, Google play anything, just let us know what you think of the show. This helps us improve and also helps us get in front of more people to, uh, to help. So thank you so much, Heather. We appreciate you. This is a great, a lot of fun and we will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks Heather. Yay. Thanks. Bye guys.